stories don't define you, how you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief story maker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my listeners and clients reach out to me because they're in a major transition. Their children are soon leaving home. They're realizing they want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday soon. What they have in common is an underlying dissatisfaction in their lives. Some have identified what that is and others haven't. Some are actively looking for answers and others feel guilt and shame over feeling dissatisfied in the first place. They think, oh, I shouldn't feel this way because I'm so fortunate to have healthy kids, a supportive spouse, a good job, a roof over my head. I shouldn't feel this way because others are in much worse condition. But that satisfaction isn't going away unless they make changes. As a matter of fact, it will get worse and wreak havoc on their relationships. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and unveil insights into that rumbling dissatisfaction, and also where their strengths lie, where they found and continue to find joy. These stories will resonate with you and you'll nod your head in understanding, and then we'll dig into lessons from those situations, developing clarity about how those experiences shaped them and continue to play roles in their lives. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering internal messages that are limiting their success, and how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, schedule a free private discovery session by visiting my website, elkinsconsulting.com. I look forward to hearing from you. This week's episode of Your Stories Don't Define You is part of a new series I'm exploring. For the next few weeks, I'll be sharing brief stories about my experiences in understanding my natural strengths and using them with intention. As a Gallup Certified Strengths Finder coach, I've taken opportunities to work with other coaches for two reasons. One is I believe in this stuff. The idea that when we understand our own way of thinking, our natural, instinctive talents, and when we understand where we might be getting in our own way, we find more satisfaction in our lives. Another reason is that to be a coach and to have a coach demonstrates my belief that this works, that working with a good coach adds value. I know that the more I know about my own talents and blind spots, the more effective I can be for my clients. Today, we'll start with a talent that Gallup calls command. If you're more familiar with DISC profiles, you might find similarities in people strong in the D style. You'll hear how my command shows up, for better and for worse, and some of the ways I've found to present it differently, so it's intentional and positive rather than subconscious and negative. My mother and her twin sister said, Sarah, you're so bossy. Our large family had a reservation at a restaurant, and I was being insistent that people stop yammering and get into cars, directing people and touching them on the arm to gesture toward a vehicle. The comment was insulting, and I immediately became defensive. It was my intention to get the family to the restaurant on time for our reservation out of respect to the venue which seemed reasonable to me, and I felt like I had been pretty gentle in terms of nudging my aunts, uncles, and cousins to get moving. Apparently, that's not how my family saw it. That wasn't the first time I was called bossy or pushy, and it wouldn't be the last. 
One of my bosses once said, Sarah, sometimes you're pushy in an annual evaluation in the context of my efforts to move a project forward. Years after the incident with my extended family and the restaurant reservation, my mother's husband passed away and I flew from Montana to California to support her. When I walked into the house, she collapsed into my arms. Thank goodness you're here. Now I know everything will be okay. I held her for a long moment, her huge dog Pogo leaning against my leg, my younger sister and my mom's twin sister standing from the couch to welcome me. I said, Mom, have you eaten? She told me she wasn't hungry. So I said, I know, Mom. Just sit at the table for a few minutes. If you don't eat, that's fine. I'll eat it or we'll give it to the dog. I made a couple of fried eggs and toast exactly the way I know she likes it, with a sliced peach on the plate. She ate all of it. I knew she would unconsciously start to eat what was in front of her. It was simple, familiar comfort food. She was surprised when I took the empty plate from in front of her, her eyes filling with tears. I knew she didn't actually taste the food, and I knew her body and brain desperately needed that fuel. And then I started to arrange food for the many guests coming by, put out beverages, cleaned up the kitchen, and made sure things were in order as we navigated the next few days of solemn activities. That's my role. When things are in flux and people are floundering, I can't help myself. I step in and make order, delegating and doing what needs to be done. It's not that I necessarily want to take a leadership role. Most of the time I don't. My natural instinct is to take that role when I perceive a situation as being out of sorts or chaotic. But that's an important distinction. Perceive. The most practical thing I got out of my training and continue to get out of working with a coach myself is that I now understand, embrace, and present my command far more effectively. I still get called bossy once in a while, but it doesn't bother me, especially when I know my bossiness ultimately had positive impact on the people around me. I know when my instinct to lead is driving my behavior, and these days I'm able to take a step back to assess the situation before jumping in. I ask questions and I observe. And then I decide whether my initial perception of a lack of leadership or direction was accurate. And if it was, I ask the person I believe to have some authority if I may facilitate to help guide things forward. That's my command. If you're wondering if I've always had this in my top talents, I promise you my mother would say yes. And does any of this sound familiar to you? The only way we grow as humans, the only way we can truly find satisfaction in our relationships is to be self-reflective. This is not the same as being hypercritical. 
Being self-reflective means understanding our role in every situation and in every relationship. We must ask ourselves questions. What am I doing to move this conversation in a positive direction? What was my role in the conflict with my coworker? What natural talents am I using in ways that are positive? And where am I getting in my own way? If you enjoyed this podcast brief, stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll explore the activator talent. Are you ready to start your story portfolio so you have the right story ready to share when the opportunity presents itself? When you're ready to get started, my book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, is available in all the regular places, and the audiobook version is available on Google Play and on my website, elkinsconsulting.com. As a special bonus for listeners, the audiobook includes two songs recorded by my band, Spare Change, in my living room in Montana. Also on my website is a free podcast interview checklist. It's available to download to make sure you make the most out of your next podcast interview. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate the podcast and leave a review and let me know that you've done it so I can thank you properly. Thank you. Thank you.